Greetings, gentle listeners. If you enjoy this podcast, you may also like Brosé, a mirthy talk show starring four bros who sip wine and consider questions submitted by you, the audience, about current events, pop culture, and which Muppet you should get tattooed on your back. Subscribe to Brosé wherever you get your podcasts. That's B-R-O-S-E. Brosé, the podcast for those who drink rosé. Person in Person is brought to you by the Perineum Group, the only truly centrist news organization. That's right, Greg. We're in the sweet spot between partisan extremes. When taint the left and taint the right, it's Perineum. What does Farscape have to do with the Noid? Will Prince Philip sail again? Yes, but when does Polly Shore show up? Are you getting enough botulism in your diet? How can I possibly make chocolate milk without breaking my hands? <laughs> The answers to these questions, plus sports, emotional weather, and state up, that's tonight on Person in Person. Good evening, wherever you are, whoever you are, and welcome to Person in Person. I'm Gene Person. And I'm Greg Person. No relation. Person in Person is a news show for people who don't like news shows, by people who don't like news shows. And this episode is coming about a week late. Yeah, but you know, who cares? Yeah, better late than <laughs> never, right? We exactly. Didn't just a lot of fade. shows. We're, we're working hard. We're, we're, we're recording two episodes back to back tonight because, uh, because we knew you'd miss us and we wanted to make up for our absence. Well, you know, a lot of shows would just skip an episode and leave it at that. Not us. No, no, we're 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 making that shit good. So let's uh, let's get started. Yeah, let's get into tonight's story beats. The Biden administration is packing immigration courts with judges picked by the Trump administration, once again honoring his campaign promise that, say it with me, nothing will fundamentally change. <laughs> A family in Houston, Texas, were surprised to find a tiger in a collar chilling on the front lawn of a neighborhood house. A few moments later, a man emerged from the house and led the tiger away on a leash. Though they were long gone by the time police arrived, police are expected to erect frosted cereal traps in the area. I think that ought to work great. Yeah. Chernobyl is heating up again, but scientists say there is no chance it will create kaiju monsters. Just cancer. Lots and lots of cancer. A highly contagious Brazilian mutation of COVID-19 has been discovered in Florida, a state mostly known for electing highly contagious mutations. A man named Adolf Hitler has been elected to local office in Namibia, but says he has no plans for world domination. Fuck you, pal. We've heard that one before. Funny story. There's a whole chapter in uh, in Trevor Noah's her memoir, uh, born a crime about the name Hitler and its popularity in in African cultures. They just like naming their kids after powerful white people, and they don't really. Not all of them have a concept of 
you know, things that have happened in other parts in the world, but they know Hitler is a name that gets bandied about. And so he had a, a friend named Hitler who was incredible at dancing. And he was a DJ for a while. And at one point, they go to play this Jewish center in South Africa. And part of their shtick was, you know, when they really got into the groove, everyone would, would join the crowd and start chanting, Go Hitler! Go Hitler! <laughs> it's a funny story. Well, that's what this guy says. is Because Namibia used to be a, uh, a German colony, if I'm not mistaken. And his mm. dad knew knew a little bit about who Hitler was, but was not real clear on the specifics. Right, right. So, <laughs> too bad. Uh, a 23-year-old Italian woman was mistakenly given six doses of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID vaccine. After an observation for adverse effects, she was discharged in good health, only slightly troubled by her new ability to smell guilt. Oh, and she's a Wi-Fi hotspot now. Yeah, yeah. So she's got that going for her. All right, into main news. Our top story tonight, what does Farscape have to do with the Noid? Have you ever heard of the Noid? You know, the late 80s were a wild time for television advertising, but few advertisements amused and delighted as much as the Noid. A character appearing in Domino's pizza commercials who would stop at nothing to prevent your pizza from arriving in 30 minutes or less. The Noid, a cartoonish, lop-eared fella in a masked onesie, was the source of much amusement and became a bit of a pop culture phenomenon, even being featured in his own NES video game and almost became a Saturday morning cartoon on a major network. As far as marketing supervillains super go, the Noid achieved fame not even the Hamburglar can boast. His days were, however, numbered. In 1989, a gunman named Kenneth Lamar Noid took two Domino's employees hostage after assuming the character was designed to make fun of him. He demanded $100,000, a library book, a white limo, and a conversation with the owner of Domino's Pizza. After a six-hour standoff, the situation was diffused and no one was hurt, though sadly, Mr. Noid later committed suicide. Well, Domino's is bringing the Noid back to market its new driverless delivery. Mark my words, no good will come of anything mentioned in that last sentence. Just a lot of cold people cold pizza and cold people right because it's going to run the people down in its automated vehicle and plus you know bringing the noid back i wouldn't i wouldn't say i'm angry i might be a little annoyed well it's kind of like those movies where you you find the uh the killer doll that was used in all those murders and you get a ouija board and it's like what are you doing (laughs) don't summon it again like we, we just beat Chucky. Don't bring him back. But what does that have to do with Farscape? Can you tell us a little bit about Farscape, Greg? Absolutely. It's one of my favorite shows. Um, you might remember it. It was an Australian-American space opera that began in 1999. Got four seasons and a TV movie. Um, it was basically horny Star Trek with mm. puppets. Uh, the puppets, uh, by the way, were from Jim Henson's Creature Shop, and they are legit. I'm actually in the middle of rewatching Farscape right now, and they still look great. Uh, some of the other effects, the computer effects, of course, not good. 
but uh, the puppets puppets so are I had forever. a friend re- recommend and Farscape to me at one point and I, I started watching the first episode and I, I just wasn't very invested I guess oh <laughs> you know what it wasn't Farscape never mind okay cool story bro <laughs> yeah it was Red Dwarf <laughs> Oh, see, that's another one that I absolutely love, but I could understand having a hard time getting into that one, too. Hmm. But um, I will say that uh, Farscape, you know, they get surreal and experimental very quickly. Um, Particularly the Mm -hmm. third season has some absolutely shockingly ahead of their time episodes in terms of, you know, stuff you see on TV. And um, it's on Amazon now. You can watch all the episodes for free. Well, not for free. You pay for the Amazon. But uh, it's it's well worth a look if you haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. Okay. So what do these two things have to do with each other? Well. <laughs> it's a tough it one. It is, man. And like we started thinking about this more than a week ago. Right. And I kind of put it on the back burner. Um, and and now well, same the the connections are not linking up as fast as they normally do. Well, the Noid's not a puppet, right? He's what's right. his original sort of format? Is it claymation? Yeah, it was a, it was a claymation character. I mean, claymation is basically puppetry, but you do the manipulation of the puppet off screen. Okay, but what about the idea that? Uh, Domino's is bringing the Noid back, and they should bring Farscape back. Oh my, I would die if they brought Farscape back. That would be my fondest wish. I mean, you know, it's been 15 years since this show was last on, and I know that Mm -hmm. uh, some of the actors still work together on some stuff. Um, Fun trivia fact, um, the two, two of the stars of Farscape have little cameo roles in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Oh, that's great. Yeah, well, and I figure it was another one of those deals where, like, one actor from a thing gets hired on, and they're like, hey, you should hire my buddy. But um, what I was thinking, though, is that, and I, I hate to make this connection, but you know what happens all the time on Farscape? They get taken hostage. Hmm. They get taken hostage about oh my God. every third episode. It's so funny because I was just about to ask, has anyone associated with Farscape ever taken anyone hostage? I was literally just about to ask that question. Yes, they are taken hostage about every third episode uh, because the, the premise of the show is that they're all fugitives. And the, the ship that they're on was originally a prison ship and they lead a prison revolt. This is another reason why Farscape is better than Star Trek, because uh, it is explicitly uh, anti-militarism, anti-cop. It's very uh, anti-authoritarian in general, in contrast to Star Trek, which is just cops in space. But yeah, they get get taken hostage all the time. Say what? I think they're more scientists in space, aren't they? 
Well, they here's the thing about Star Trek, right? And we'll go off on a little Star Trek tangent. Is they're always like Are they like colonizers? Is that is yeah, that the perspective? That's, that, I could see that. My I can absolutely opinion. see that. Absolutely. Okay. I mean because yeah, they're yeah, all, yeah. they're always like, Oh yeah, we're just exploring and doing science, but then we meet these sinister aliens and thank God we have all these weapons to defend ourselves right. from the aggression of this <laughs> hostile race. And, and everybody yeah. in this race is they're they're just mean for no reason. Why does this whole race <laughs> yeah, hate soon, us? Soon as I drew that connection, I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. I get mm-hmm. it completely, mm-hmm. entirely. You don't mm-hmm. need to explain any further. <laughs> yeah, they're just looking for a little bit of uh, Federation Lebensraum. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I think the uh, we'll have to lean heavily on the hostage connection between these two very very disparate items well and you you could actually see the noid as a farscape character oh really because yeah there are definitely a lot of weird looking mischievous puppets running around on that show okay Mm -hmm. and if he if he showed up on the background of an alien planet you wouldn't even look twice he would totally fit in on the show fantastic i think we've done it i think we've managed to this has been one of the tougher connections we've uh, we've made. Let's get into uh, breaking news. A couple in the Las Vegas area had hired some contractors to come out and build a pool, only to find police and crime scene investigators at their house. As it turns out, the contractors unearthed some bones about five feet underground. After a brief investigation, police determined the bones raised no law enforcement concerns. And this is where the story gets kind of interesting because the bones were turned over to the Nevada Science Research Center and dated to the Ice Age. It's eerily similar to the plot of the film Encino Man, except it's bones and not a fully formed human being, uh, Brendan Fraser. So he still hasn't been found. Uh, Instead, researchers announced that they were the bones of a horse or some other large mammal. This, of course, prompted the homeowners who own the bones due to a U.S. law that grants ownership of fossils to the property owner to reach out to Hungarian authorities because horse soup. It gives livestock a whole new meaning, nay? Imagine that uh, delicious prehistoric soup those bones have just been concentrating their flavor in the earth for tens of thousands of years. Yeah, historically, the area where the bones were found was a watering spot for wildlife in the Ice Age. Mammoths have been discovered in nearby areas, and no lie, I have to imagine that's the real jackpot when it comes to Ice Age soups. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. I, you know, I don't eat animals anymore, but if you presented me a mammoth steak like Fred Flintstone... Oh, God, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would be interested in sipping some mammoth broth, certainly. Mm, yeah, that's got to be, that's got to fill you with all the power of the great beasts of the tundra. Right. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, in merry old England, the Tory government has commissioned a new royal yacht named after the not-so-fresh prince, uh, <laughs> the HMS Prince Philip. <laughs> I really like that. Yeah, I was pretty pleased with myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the royal family is not pleased uh, because of the optics. Mm -hmm. Because between government-imposed austerity, COVID, and Brexit, a lot of Britons are suffering. And the cost of this yacht will be, guess how many school lunches? Just throw a number out there. Uh, 700. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ, no. 
86,956,522 school lunches. Oh my god. Or or salaries for 6,000 new nurses. Which yeah. is something that they very badly need. Yeah, but here's the thing. So they don't like the optics, but I mean, isn't this like kind of a a perfect reflection of what the royal family is? Well, see, this is the irony that is so delicious to me is that the monarchs are sympathetic to the people's plight and the elected government is building these grotesque opulent monuments. <laughs> right. So so here's the thing. I think, and this is going to sound weird, but I think the only way forward for Britain is to overthrow democracy and return to the people who God selected to rule them based on their distant relationship to a woman who married her first cousin in 1840. All right. Nice. Let's, uh, let's move on into sports. All right. I want to talk to you this week about cornhole. Cornhole is a lawn game in which players take turns throwing 16-ounce bags of corn kernels at a board with a hole at the far end. Mm -hmm. A bag in the hole scores three points, while one on the board scores one point. Play continues until a team or player reaches or exceeds the score of 21. But mainly, I just wanted to say cornhole. Yeah, yeah, and you've said it a bunch of times. Congratulations. Cornhole. Yeah, I'm pretty pleased. <laughs> you've done well, Beavis. You've done well. Um, cornhole is super popular in Southern Oregon. Yeah, I've actually, you know, see you see people doing cornhole tournaments at bars and stuff quite often. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, you know, a, a couple of times we've been camping out in in the in Southern Oregon, and uh, almost every time it seems like every other trailer or tent has a cornhole set up. Well, I'm not much for uh, cornholes, yeah. but I do like saying cornhole. It's it's really fun to say. All right. It's time for the emotional weather. This week we have chosen to do, in honor of Mother's Day, which was just a few days ago, oink, moms, doms, and noms. My story for moms, new mom Emily Austin took her five-week-old baby to the zoo and noticed when passing the gorilla exhibit that one gorilla was staring at the baby and began gesturing to Emily. No, this isn't a Harambe situation. When Emily waited by the glass holding her son, the gorilla named Kiki grabbed her own baby boy and the two sat quietly, bonding over their shared motherhood. It's a super cute story that made me smile. Also, rest in power, Harambe. Indeed, a king forever. Now, my mom's weather... I want to talk about birth rates. Don't worry, this is not going to spin off into an Alex Jones, Tucker Carlson thing. Okay. Uh, but the birth rate in the U.S. Uh, did fall 4% last year. No surprise. Nobody's having sex anymore. But that is the sixth consecutive year that birth rates have declined. And indeed, fertility rates have been falling precipitously for years all over the world. But it's not necessarily a bad thing because the cause mainly is education for women. Yeah. As women go to school and, you know, make their own careers and things, they're having fewer kids. Even so, though, researchers expect global population to peak at 9.7 billion by 2064 before falling again and stabilizing at 8.8 .8 billion by the end of the century. Mm -hmm. 
Fortunately, all have been long since killed and eaten by them. Probably all of us. Um, all right, my story for Doms. Lots of industries were affected adversely during the pandemic, which is still ongoing. But as things open up, some industries are starting to see things move again. Amongst those is champagne. Weddings and events that were in limbo during the year 2020 seem to be back on, and champagne sales are up again. Amidst this rebound, Dom Perignon has partnered with Lady Gaga to market a new rosé champagne offering, which will be sold in a custom pink glass sculptured Jeroboam designed by Lady Gaga. I wonder if our pals over at the Brosé podcast will be sampling this fine wine. If they're not, I mean, they ought to be. I mean, this is going to be the most outré rosé of all time. Well, I'll tell you what, I am gaga for it. Now, I'd like to take a moment to celebrate the greatest dom of all, Dom DeLuise. Ah, oh, yes. Who, uh, you know, if you're a fan of Mel Brooks movies, uh, you've seen him. If you're a little bit younger, if you're our age... You might remember him best from All Dogs Go to Heaven and Fievel Goes West. Well, as well as the original Fievel. Honestly, though, the original Fievel's kind of a downer. So yeah. I don't watch it. Yeah. But um, but I do love me some Fievel Goes West. Hmm. So rest in peace, Dom DeLuise. Gone but not forgotten. My introduction to Dom DeLuise was actually the Cannonball Run movies. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and the funny thing is, is how he ended up in the Cannonball Run movies is him and um, Burt Reynolds were tremendous friends, mm-hmm. hmm. which I didn't know that. But I, I read uh, Burt Reynolds' eulogy of, of Dom DeLuise. Well, it wasn't a eulogy. It was just a statement that he made on his passing that was very moving. All right. My story for Noms. A recent experiment in my house turned into a pretty tasty dinner. I roasted some potatoes with garlic, cumin, and chili powder and then topped them with some melted cheese and guacamole, along with sautéed bell peppers and onions. I also included some sliced avocado and a salted tomato salad on the side. I nicknamed it the Potato Fajita, but it was a delicious and filling meat-free dinner. And if you're fully vegan, you can substitute that cheese for, for a vegan equivalent, or just, you know, leave it at the quack. Anyway, I enjoyed it. Gil enjoyed it. Even little jeans seem to like. Well, I'll tell you about one of my favorite nom noms. It's one that we were actually just talking about a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Now, we both love peanut butter and banana. Uh, I like it in sandwich form with maybe a little drizzle of honey, definitely a sprinkle of cinnamon. Whereas I like to uh, slice up the bananas in, in, you know, banana split style and just put a couple of scoops of peanut butter in the middle see that's a good keto option for sure sure mm-hmm. well there might be a little bit too much sugar for a keto but it's definitely i feel like that falls under the category of paleo though doesn't it no probably at least um i don't know all fad diets are bullshit for morons all this talk of noms has gotten me very hungry unfortunately as you know every week our investigative team uncovers a detailed and harrowing story on food crime And I'm sure this week Greg Person has another one of these disappointing stories for us. Oh, brother, I will cure you of your hunger. Believe me. I want to talk to you guys about high meat. Mm -hmm. Now, before we get to what high meat is, I've prepared a little mini manifesto that I want to read because I feel like understanding the thought process and and the cultural forces that led to this thing will, will help you you know, not entirely lose your sanity when you hear about it. Okay. Now, 
If the human race thrives into the next century, it will be because we destroyed the internet. A plot to drive us all insane that has been terrifyingly successful. Now why do I say insanity? One perfectly good definition of insanity is when your mind rejects what is obviously true and embraces what is obviously false. And folks, the internet has convinced people that they should eat raw, rotting meat. Mm. People, people are taking meat, they're leaving it out to spoil, sometimes leaving it in jars to rot for up to a year. Oh my god. And then eating it. They call it high meat uh, because it they feel like it makes you high. That might actually just be the onset of severe food poisoning. Right. I, I feel like so bile rising in the back of my throat right now. Oh, I I literally like I can't even watch video of these people doing this because there is video you can find it on youtube god save you of course jesus and uh folks i'm not going to tell you not to eat spoiled raw meat if your own body millions of years of evolution and the combined wisdom of every single human culture can't stop you from eating raw meat i'm not going to be able to do a goddamn thing Mm -hmm. i will tell you though that if you do still have some sanity left if the internet hasn't destroyed your brain completely You can protect yourself by destroying your computer, smashing your router, cutting your cable, and throwing your phone down the garbage disposal. Let's go stone. I hate to lose you as a listener. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Go Fred Flintstone, get a mammoth steak. Yeah. Just make sure that the mammoth steak is fresh and properly cooked. Right. Now, I hate to lose you all as listeners, but this is the only way, so see you never. Mm. Unless we just temper our, our interests no, and like think critically and you know move forward do, do you think that's going to work does anything about your experience of the world we live in persuade you that that's going to work gene person kicks rocks <laughs> i'm just saying like it's got to be you know we've got to rise up and destroy the internet before it destroys us it's already getting us to eat poison and not just this this is not the first straight oh. up poisonous product that we've covered in the last month no of course not no and you know you're right you're absolutely right i mean the internet is behind so many of these weird you know QAnon, all these intellectually lazy things that are are really driving our decline as a species. Yep. Yep. We gotta, we gotta stop it. All right. It's time for the podcast shopping network. Boy, Greg, I sure am thirsty. I could really go for a nice glass of chocolate milk, but it's just so expensive to buy pre-mixed and I'm scared to make it myself. (laughs) Perhaps I should elaborate. I'm loving this already. (laughs) To make chocolate milk, in case our listeners learned, learned though they are, don't understand, is an arduous and delicate process and damn near requires you to be an alchemist. Do you have any sorcerer's stone? I didn't think so. The steps are as numerous as the Olympic rings. And it's just a staggering amount of information to remember. First, you have to grab a glass, then a spoon. Then you have to grab chocolate syrup or powder and milk and then pour both the chocolate syrup and milk into the glass. And then, to top it all off, you have to stir it with a spoon. It's messy, and it's highly goddamn dangerous. 
which is why some humanitarian organization invented the Moo Mixer, thus saving mankind. The Moo Mixer is a mug that mixes the chocolate milk mechanically, removing the last and arguably most hazardous step from the process. Kids are sure to love the Moo Mixer, and parents love that their kids are safe from having to use dangerous spoons to make their milk. Finally, chocolate milk is for everyone, not just the fearless. The Moo Mixer retails for $27.99. This is this is the first product that you've ever covered that I straight up didn't believe was real. It is 100% like, real and not only that, it is still available for sale. And it's a it's a it's a mug that actually has like cow colors painted on it in brown and white. Oh yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's for sale at Walmart naturally. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. This is this is infuriating to me. <laughs> You're telling so me so stupid. <laughs> My God. Hence, I, now, I, I I had warned Gil tonight that this that when I covered this product, there may be an excess of sarcasm. <laughs> you just it's got a it's got a button. You press the button, and it. Mm, <laughs> oh, I hate it so much. <laughs> Mm. Fuck. Okay, now let's. I do. There. This does actually lead me to a line of uh, inquiry. I'd like to get in with you, though. Sure. What is your chocolate milk technique? Are you are you a powder guy? Are you a syrup guy? I'm a syrup you go guy. Go over the top. I typically mm -hmm. I typically pour the milk in first, and then mix it as the syrup sinks to the bottom. Um, I find that that doesn't leave a big thick pile of syrup residue on the bottom and it does just fine at you know making the milk nice and chocolatey hmm see i can go either way syrup or powder gun to my head i probably like the powder better um you of course all know which powder i'm talking about but they don't pay us to advertise so i'm not going to say their name yeah and what i do is i get two big heaping tablespoons and I put them down at the bottom of the glass and then I just slowly add the milk while I'm stirring mm -hmm. and I make sure that I get a real good mix and there's no clumps of the powder because the clumps are the worst. Yeah. The I, clumps of the syrup I, are okay. But... I typically only use the powder when I'm using heated milk because of the clumps. Yeah, it does mix a lot better with the... God damn it, I want some chocolate milk right now. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't intending to do that. It's just uh, this, this, when I found the Moo Mixer, I had to cover the Moo Mixer. This is, this is so, oh, and they have a, a Moo Mixer Supreme. This is an, mm -hmm. it's just a bigger mug. It's, it's a it's much bigger a... mug. Yeah. It's just, if you want a German beer steins worth of chocolate milk, <laughs> the Moo Mixer Supreme is for you. Well, this is, oh Christ, it comes with a warranty. Yeah. Well, it's got lots of moving parts. Walmart will offer you a, a, a three-year warranty on your chocolate moo mixer mug. Mm -hmm. God damn. All right. Okay. Okay. I w you win, world. I give up. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for State Up. The next state in our coverage of all 50 states in the United States is Idaho. 
Here's a fact for you. Idaho is one of very few states in the Union that is shaped like a partially eaten snack cracker. Despite being known for potatoes, the only sport allowed in Idaho is cornhole. <laughs> Boise, Idaho is one of the fastest growing cities in America, now boasting a population of over 200,000 residents, at least 10 of which are human beings. The official demonym of people from Idaho is Idahobos. Idaho as a state is fully dedicated to its fandom of actor and celebrity Kurt Russell, even naming one of its major rivers after the character he played in Escape from New York. I am speaking, of course, of the Pliskin River. In Idaho, it's only legal to pee outside. They do have toilets, but if you do anything but number two in there, who boy. <laughs> Our final segment tonight, as every week, is Person to Person in Person, where we share your valuable feedback with our audience, and we still haven't had any recent feedback. We got a notice from Google Voice that if we don't use it in the next 30 days, our voicemail line is going to expire, and we got that a little while ago. Should we let that happen, Tims? If you think so, or if you think not, leave us a voicemail at 503-249-5933. Continuing my trend of roller coaster haiku, I present the following. The ice is concrete. The Yeti is a robot. But the screams are real. That, of course, is about the Matterhorn at Disneyland. Do you have any topics you'd like us to write a haiku about? Send them our way. We'll write a haiku about the subject, and we might throw in a limerick as well. Folks, that's all the show we have for you tonight. We love your feedback, and there are so many ways to give it to us. Send us an email show at gmail.com drop us a voicemail 541-249-5933 find us on twitter at anchor persons or check out our website personandpersonshow.com our website had a blog post update this week it's a really chill blog post it's about yacht rock and summer nights and good times it it really put me in the right mindset reading it so i encourage you all to check it out yeah it just I'm glad I finally wrote something. Until next time, this is Gene Person saying you should always end a comedy set with a callback. And this is Greg Person saying, Cornhole. <laughs> Good night.